Welcome to the Feminine Truth Podcast with Mary Miranda, a place where you can reconnect with your wild, cyclical, and fierce truth. I am Mary Miranda, a mentor, coach, healer, and intuitive. I guide women on a journey of remembrance, reconnection, and embodiment of who they are, their essence, power, and truth by reawakening the power of their feminine energy, womb, and menstrual cycles. Join me each week to indulge in raw, unedited, and unfiltered topics to help women own and step into their divine feminine truth and become unshakable, unapologetic, and bold in who they truly are. Let's jump into today's conversation. Okay, welcome to another episode of the Feminine Truth Podcast with your host, Mary Miranda. And today I have such a beautiful person that I want you all to meet. Her name is Claudia Adalgisa. I think I'm saying it right. And I want her to introduce herself because she's powerful. And we are going to dive into very, very amazing conversations today. So welcome to the podcast. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for inviting me. I feel like introductions are so complex sometimes because it's like, what do you what do you want to know? There's so much. Um, (laughs) So, so, yeah, you can start with uh, what do you do, how you got into that and who you are, because I read your bio and it's very juicy. (laughs) Yes. Okay, I mean, I do a lot of things. I am a mother. Um, I am, I, and I guess that's that's one thing that I take very to heart. Um, I am a soul coach, which is the life coach, but more catered to spiritual and energy healing work. Uh, which is where I am branching off where I'm a a business owner. I'm also a podcaster. I am a tarot reader. I do a lot of things. (laughs) I do a lot of things. Ultimately, I'm a lover of life. I am about leading a life of passion and love. I am obsessed with love and how to bring it in more into my daily existence at all times. And just acting from that place. So really about embodying and walking the walk when it comes to being fulfilled and loving. That's like a little, little, little Yeah, and something that I want the listeners and the women to hear is that she's a triple fire sign. She's a manifesting generator and a life path nine who loves reading and has an insatiable appetite for metaphysical knowledge and discovery. The triple fire sign, I'm like, okay, what is that all about? Like, I kind of know, but I feel like there's a lot of fire. There's a lot of like this fiery, feisty, this very empowering energy in you. Is that yeah. your sun, moon, and rising? Is that what it means when you're a triple? Okay, so what is your uh, sun? So funny enough, I also have more fire in my chart. Oh my God. Um, so <laughs> like if I wanted to, I feel like I have six fire placements in total. But um, my sun is Aries, my moon is Sagittarius, and my rising is Leo. Wow. So I have all three fire signs in my my top three. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do, I feel like I, I have had a lot of fiery energy and I've learned how to kind of 
really work with it and have it work for me instead of being like this mega aggressive being which I feel like I mean they say what unevolved when you're unevolved in your sign you tend to exhibit all of the attributes that are usually put out there and with me a lot of people have a hard time guessing what my sign is and are usually really surprised when I tell them that I'm a triple fire sign because it's like I'm not I'm not as in your face, I feel like, as yeah. some other fire signs. I think it's the work that you have done. I got goosebumps, I don't know why. Um, because you are so, like, when I tap into your energy, like, I read energy somehow. When I went into your profile, I was like, oh, she seems very feminine, very soft, very in her feelings, very into her experience. And when you're like, I'm a triple fire sign, I'm like, whoa, she, that's power. I'm a, I'm a sun in Aries, and I'm a moon in Sagittarius. But my rising is Gemini. And like oh, you wow. said, yeah, I like you said before, before I did my spiritual awakening, this work and I started healing, I used to be very dramatic, very codependent. But when I would get angry, I would just slash, snap, and I would just be like all the negative traits that all the signs say. So whenever I read those, uh, what is that, CoStar, that app, and they tell you all the shadow. I'm like, oh, that used to be me. Maybe still some little things. I'm still like that, but not. I've done so much healing. I feel so much better. But I'm like, they emphasize so much in your shadow, so much in the darker parts of you that you're right. Like, I would have never picked up that you're a triple fire sign. That's amazing. That's amazing. You've done, you can tell you've done the work. You've done the work. That's amazing. Um, I build my life around doing the work, I feel. Yeah, doing work. yeah. And so I wanted to dive into some things. How did you get into doing this work? Was it based on your own journey or was it just you it, you landed on this path or how did you get started? So I feel like, and that, that's a great question. I feel like I've always been inclined it's funny because I tell my children all the time, like, I'm like, I am obsessed with spirituality. I love spiritual learning, teaching myself, even about religions, even though um, it's different. Like, I consider myself an omnius because I feel I see the truth and I see the love where there is love, right? And I see where it gets compounded and, and made into something that it's not. But as a child, I had a near-death experience. Oh my god! Um, in my in my home country of Dominican Republic, and in that experience, I feel like it was meant to happen, so that I always have like a remembrance of this ethereal realm that exists, of this existence that lives beyond us that we often shut ourselves off to. I feel like we're very aware of it as children, and then we get socialized so we move we, we move out of that perspective and start you know becoming more human and, and really just going through our day-to-day -day. so i feel like in a lot of doing a lot of my work i realized and i can pinpoint because i remember that incident so clearly i remember it happening i remember me seeing this light and like this energy kind of pulling me and feeling like where i got that feeling the most oftentimes was in church um, when it's like I grew up Catholic so I was going to church and just even 
being really present in the service and just kind of really listening to the words and the, the, the messages really gave me that feeling. And so I feel like that began my like curiosity and my path. Although I got into moments in my life where I was like, I don't want to believe in the things because people don't act like the things that they say. I had a really, I had a really tough time with the hypocrisy of like, how can you preach all these beautiful things and not have the world reflect those beautiful things? Like it just didn't make sense to me. So for a long time, I, I left the church and I was all about discovering new ways, discovering new paths, and really always had this calling to lean back into that spiritual realm. And so I feel like it's just, it's part of me. It's part of my path. And it's why I'm here is to keep really diving into that work and showing and embodying it more for other people. Because I feel like it is possible to do all the, the beautiful things that are said. And we need to lean on that energy more. And we need more people to do that to really believe in the beauty that can be found in this world and the love energy that is here and abundant and, and ready for us. Mm -hmm. And so in a lot of twists and turns ways ended up, you know, causing a lot of havoc and chaos in my life. So in, in that learning a lot of the lessons and really integrating and going back and continuously doing the work keeps leading me right back onto this path of the spiritual and working with energy and understanding it and studying it. Mm -hmm. So when you saw that light when you were younger, is that when you kind of knew you were intuitive on the psychic spectrum or that happened later on? Later on. Okay. So I had that experience and I... I was a child. I mean, I, I wrote about it. I remember in school, I would always write about this, this experience that I had. And I feel like I didn't really have anybody around to talk me through that experience or to like really tell me like what it was that I saw, what it was that I felt. And so I feel like it's, it, it had been a curiosity of mine until maybe a couple of years ago when I really started tapping into Reiki more, when I um, did some shamanic journeying, and then I really started understanding and tapping more into that that side and getting those actual messages from my guides as to who I am and why I'm here. Mm -hmm. Oh my God, that's amazing. So I do wanna get into something that that's, it's the reason why I contacted you. And I came across one of your posts. I think it's like love letter. It was something like that. And you were sharing about how you are moving through a life transition of divorce or uncoupling. And I just wanted to see if you wanted to dive into that conversation and what it, how that's been like for you um, and just like anything that you have to share. Sure. So in regards to the past year of my life, I have been going through a separation from my um, former partner. So to give you a little bit more background on me, I actually was involved in multiple relationships. I was polyamorous. I was um, I had two partners and in 2019, I had um, a really awful experience. I had I lost the pregnancy, 
And it was the third time that that had happened um, in my lifetime. And I feel like, um, I, and I talk about this a lot on my social media too, in regards to how it's taken these kind of horrific things to happen to me to shake me up. Like it's always been like, this awful thing happens and I go into a really dark place and then I'm like, start seeing the light again. I start understanding things. But after this um, this experience, it was, I feel really earth shattering for me and really sent me a message of how I needed to take care of myself and be there more for myself. And so as I started doing that, I started noticing a lot of the toxic the toxicness in my relationships and wanted to separate myself from that. I got to a place where I was like, I need to be about me. Like I need to find out who I am. Like I, you know, I got lost. I feel like in, in those years, um, I was with my um, soon to be ex-husband for about nine years and we've known each other since we were teenagers. So at the time when I asked for a separation, I didn't think it was going to be a, a forever separation. It just ended up being that way because we we had some harsh moments and there was a, a violent incident um, that led to a charges in court. And so that's all things that I'm still navigating through right now. And what you saw is what I, I started writing these love letters because, well, I started writing love letters to myself a while ago. And I feel like it's really part of, it's so important to lean on and learn how to love ourselves. And through, through, the, through the DV that happened, I had an intense session with my Akashic Records where they pretty much told me like, you need to show up for yourself. You need to show up for yourself the way you show up for other people. And in that moment, I've spent literally the past year learning what that actually means, learning what it actually means to show up for myself. And so through the going through this divorce, there has been like very little contact with my ex. And it's just been more about me, me being able to manage my feelings, me being able to like allow myself to feel, allow myself to cry, allow myself to express and hold myself throughout it. It's been such, so shifting for me. And I feel like the most powerful thing that I've done is being able to hold myself. And that's what I show like through those love letters to myself. It's like, you know, I am publicly showing people that it's okay to hold yourself through these situations. And I, I tend to take a lot of accountability and responsibility for all the events that have occurred in my life. Um, sometimes to my detriment, because it's like, I have had to work through me seeing myself as the villain and me seeing myself as like, this happened because I did it. Like, I did that. And I understand that I did contribute to things, but it's not all, you know what I'm saying? It's not all my fault. It's not all for me to take in, which is also a big thing about really leaning into that self-love, which has been the, the strongest thing that I've been able to do going through this divorce. It's not yeah. easy. Divorces are no. so complicated. Um, 
I think I always wanted to do the conscious uncoupling because I'm spiritual, I'm awakened. And I was like, I want the best for you, for me, for us, <laughs> you know, kind of okay. that. I always wanted to do it the amicable way, but sometimes that doesn't happen. Did you experience a conscious uncoupling or it was more like forced? It was more like it has to be done, like I'm out of here. <laughs> well, yeah, I wanted it to be a conscious uncoupling without even knowing what conscious uncoupling was or that phrase um, because we have children and I wanted things to go in a way where we would be loving. So I I feel like with my, my first child's co-parent, it was more of a conscious uncoupling when it happened where it we both kind of took our time, right, and split and decided still to be cordial, right? And years later, we are cordial to each other. At some points, we've been friends. At some points, I think it's been to to hold a friendship, which is fine. Um, But with this, my current divorce, um, I feel like I'm trying to be or I am being the conscious part of this uncoupling on an individual basis. But because we have a domestic violence case, um, we are not able to communicate because of the way that that happened. Um, There is an order of protection in place that I haven't felt safe enough to take away. So therefore, we have not communicated a lot and therefore, it's just, it's heartbreaking because I would like it to be that, but it, it just, I'm not able to ship somebody else without their wanting to and looking for that, you know? So like, I can't, I can't make him do something he's not ready for. And so for me, I think one of the most radical things that I've done in terms of this process is it's really, I sit down and I send so much loving energy towards him, towards myself, towards the situation, towards the divorce. And I feel like that's how I'm holding myself up and steady is just really leaning on going into that direction instead of allowing myself to get swayed into the other direction, which is, you know, the bitterness, the anger. So and there are moments where I get angry and I, you know, feel those feelings, but I allow them to pass through me and don't like sit and harbor them and, and use them to make decisions. Cause I feel like that's exactly where I don't want to be. Mm-hmm. I'm only responsible for my half of the uncoupling. So, and that's what I'm, I'm doing. Yeah. And I feel like I had to mourn that part of me that wanted the conscious uncoupling. And like you just said right now, I'm doing my part to consciously uncouple, even though it's not even that situation at all. I am taking care of me. I'm taking responsibility and ownership for my traits, my toxicity that I haven't healed. I don't want to call it toxicity, but there's things that I, behaviors that they were not serving me and they were awakened during that partnership that I decoupled from. And it was just like moving through that and realizing that, oh my gosh, like I I was not the best partner ever, which is, you know, I, I'm working on it. And I think for me, the biggest thing, the biggest struggle has been relationships, 
has been moving through that. And at some point, I left toxic relationships and I was just more on this blaming them and everything until I did the awakening, until I started looking into myself and I was like, oh shit, I'm like, I have all this codependency, I have all this childhood wounding, I have all this stuff that I didn't even know contributed me attracting those partners and having that dynamic of a relationship. So when I did that, it was just like, I felt liberated. I felt liberated because it's just that taking that ownership, taking that responsibility and just like saying, you know what, I'm consciously going to uncouple and do the work on myself because I want to be a better partner for a new person that's going to come into my life. So I did see that you are in a new partnership and you look so happy and <laughs> you're posing your pictures. How has that transition been navigating this divorce, this separation, and starting a new relationship? It has been a wild ride for me. <laughs> <laughs> like, I honestly was not, and I love that, that you saw the love letter. So I feel like it all started for me with a love letter and a full moon. And um, reaching the point so for me, it's been really navigating two uncouplings, right? So I, I kind of separated myself from both of the relationships I was in pretty back to back and really spent a lot of time doing work for myself, really writing things down, processing a lot of journaling. And um, I there was a full moon I can't even tell, I probably could look back and see it, but there was a full moon and I got this message that said, it's time to release, right? And I was like, okay, you have to just release the things and it had to do with my heart. And I felt like I had been doing all these work on chakras and things like that. And I felt like, well, what is it that it's still in my heart that I haven't released? So I wrote myself a letter I wrote a letter and I, I want to say it was to myself, but maybe it was to the universe. And it was me really saying like, I am coming to a place of releasing my past, releasing those relationships, understanding that my former partners get to be happy and I get to be happy as well. So like I deserve happiness. I deserve joy. And so I'm releasing and understanding and loving you know those past relationships for what they taught me for what they were and i'm ready to welcome in my joy and my pleasure and my happiness and literally a couple of days after that my current girlfriend and i started talking and i have and all the work that I've been doing, the most powerful thing that I've seen is really coming back to my authenticity and honoring who I am. And so because I've been doing that, I have no qualms in terms of being like, this is me. Like, this, these are all the things I'm dealing with. This is all my baggage. I'm working on everything. But, you know, I'm flawed, right? So, like, things will happen. And I feel like we had an amazing honeymoon stage and we're still really strong in communication and I'm continuously doing the work. And I actually um, started therapy. I had done like an on and off thing when it came to, to therapy, but I've realized through this relationship too, that there's little things that really bring out 
certain things in me that I'm like, aha, this is this is one of those things that I need to work on. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, no, and they are. They're like the new people you start associating with or dating or in a relationship where they're always going to activate you, trigger you, those old wounds that you thought you had healed. Like it's been an experience because I've also experienced that and it's like taking a deep breath and be like oh my god I still have more healing to do and sometimes like I I I was beating myself up a little bit because I'm like I'm supposed to be do like have this level of mindset and have this awareness why am I retrieving or going back to this old behaviors that are not serving me and it's like okay there's a message there's medicine in this there's message and medicine and this person is just mirroring that for me so like what am I gonna do about it and how yeah. am I gonna how am I gonna move forward now that I have this information like do I want to continue being in that behavior or do I want to do the work to change and that's being like that's been an intense journey because here I am thinking, oh, my next partnership is going to be amazing. <laughs> and then I, I'm like, okay, I still have healing to do. Damn it. <laughs> you know? I tell my I tell my clients and my friends that with healing, it's a cyclical thing. Mm -hmm. And once you just like start scraping the surface of the things and they come back around. For even deeper healing all the time yeah and so it's i feel like yeah we just have to give ourselves grace and not hold ourselves back from experiences because it's a constant thing we're constantly growing that's what we're here to really do right mm -hmm. and so like my partner likes to tell me like i'm not perfect and i'm like i'm not perfect i'm not expecting perfection mm -hmm. <laughs> like that's not what we're here to do right we're here to just admit mm -hmm. and grow like just grow from it, understand that these are the things that we have. And I feel like I'm just so grateful that I had the opportunity to do all the work that I've done on myself, that I'm such in a stronger place to be able to really know who I am and what I want and really know what I can accept and what I cannot, right? And know how to establish those boundaries from early on to be like, this is my expectation, right? And this is how we can build and grow together. Mm -hmm. So I feel like it's been really great. I am really happy, actually. Like, I have said, like, I've never started a relationship the way that I've started this one with such honesty and grace and such, like, realness mm -hmm. to where it's, like, it's, it's continued growth, continued growth so that we can build together. And I was not expecting it, and I was never not really looking for a relationship because I'm like, I'm mid-divorce, like, I'm doing all these things. But I feel like it's just part of my path. And I really also coming to an understanding that I do love being in a relationship, and I do love, like, having a partner and being partnered and supported and being seen for who I am, which mm -hmm. are the things that were maybe lacking in my in my previous relationships. Yeah, and I think also that's what you said to me when I contacted you. You're like, thank you for seeing me. And I'm like, yes, because I think that I've also struggled with that, being seen, being heard, being seen for me. And this is something that I that my brother said to me, I don't even know who you are now. And because they're they're not fully supportive of my business and what I do 
um, because I deal yeah. with menstrual blood and all this like taboo things. So they're very against it. And he just says to me, I just feel like I don't know who you are. I'm like, no, this is the real me, the version that you knew of me. I created her because that's the way I would get love from you or attention. But it was based on this like toxic dynamic, codependency, not being seen, not being heard. And I do struggle with that. I still struggle with that, like fear of being seen. I try to stay quiet. I feel like sometimes I'm invisible. Like I don't want to put myself too much out there because, oh my God, what's going to happen? It's not safe. And it's something that I'm still navigating through. But yeah, just the fact that you have someone that sees you too. And not only that, you are doing the work to see yourself. That is like such empowering thing to do. And like, I think there's nothing better to do after a relationship, even if you start a new one, is to do the work to get to know yourself. Because I feel like a lot of us don't really know who we are. And that's why my podcast is called Feminine Truth, because it's like, what is your truth underneath all the conditioning, programming, belief systems, stories, trauma, coping mechanisms? What is your truth of who you are? The person that you don't want to tell anyone because she's going to be abandoned, rejected, unloved. You know, it's like all this fear and it's what I have been doing with myself. It's like, okay, let's do the work so I can feel comfortable and confident showing the true me and I'm still getting backslash people don't really accept who I am now and I'm still navigating through a lot of codependency that it still lingers it lingers and it's so hard to like completely detach from that and I feel I find myself sometimes just like dimming my light or playing small because it's just oh it's not safe to be too powerful or to be too bright because I'm going to hurt my sister or my family is not going to love me anymore or the person, if there's a person in my life, that person is not going to support me. And it's just like this journey of navigating. It's just like, like you said, it's like a spiral. It's like a spiral, like a spiral. But we're doing, we're here doing the work. (laughs) We're here doing the work. So what is the biggest thing that you have had to heal during this life transition of your separation? Oh, I don't even know if I can quantify. I I feel like I had a really strong feeling of betrayal. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like, I want to say now maybe, because what, what you were saying definitely speaks to me. I definitely can identify with all of that. And the message that I've been getting recently too is what I need to work on the most is the trust in myself. Right. And I feel like that's what happens when we go through these years of conditioning and years of hiding who we are and building these new these new personas. And then we get to a point where we crush them all down. But then we start lacking a trust in is this really for me is you know what I mean? Like, it's just like this constant questioning, this constant doubting. Is it real? Is it? for sure like is this what i'm supposed to do and then allowing the external to infiltrate Mm -hmm. your healing process which is what like i'm like ideally one can go on an island and or on a a retreat where everyone is healing right themselves and we can all just support each other in that healing journey but we don't all have the ability to do that or do that right so we're surrounded by other people that are are going through their own things and are giving you information based on 
their own experience that doesn't apply to you. So for me, I feel like it's really been disassociating myself from that energy a lot, really protecting my own energy and still having compassion for everybody else has been one of the biggest things that I've had to learn, has been one of the biggest things that I've had to navigate through and understanding that the root of it is the trust for myself because the trust for myself is what empowers my ability to do what I'm supposed to do regardless of the energies outside, regardless of everybody else. It's like really, it's hard because we live in a world that's constantly telling us not to trust ourselves. <laughs> like trust, trust the history, trust what has happened. Mm -hmm. That's what, that's what has happened. So that's only what could happen. And it's like, no, mm -hmm. that's not it. Like we have the ability to change. We have the ability to evolve in, in proportions that we haven't even seen because we haven't allowed ourselves to, right? And it all, I feel like, really comes from building that trust, which is what I'm continuously and still healing and, and building now. Yeah, and I feel that happens a lot with betrayal trauma or infidelity or being lied to, being backstabbed and all of that. It's we lose not only the trust in humanity or other people, but it trust in ourselves, our discernment, our making the right decisions, choosing, saying yes to this. And it's always that fear. I've experienced that I have dealt with a lot of infidelity and betrayal in different in different ways since childhood. So that is a deep wound within me. And I've learned not to trust myself. It was always trust the nun, trust the teacher, trust the priest, trust your mom and dad because they know better, trust everyone else but you. And so you, as a, you read tarot cards, you're very intuitive. How is that trust? How do you navigate that? Because a lot of people, I feel like they trust more the tarot reading than themselves. So how do you like navigate that when if you've ever felt like that or if th that's happened to you? Like interesting. So when I see the tarot card, I see them as a tool, right? Mm -hmm. We have so many different tools accessible to us to assist us. And I feel like the tarot cards really helped me more mm -hmm. in developing the trust for myself because they would just kind of be a reflection of what's happening internally so i feel like when done right when listened to appropriately and what happens a lot with tarot is that people don't trust it mm. but uh, people that have trust issues ultimately have self-trust issues yeah. it's it's that what it comes down to it's like yes things have happened but if we start taking accountability for the things that have happened and we look at the lessons of the of the things that have happened mm -hmm then we begin to understand that the lessons are there because we kind of chose that path. We needed that lesson. And so if we start developing a gratitude for all the experiences instead of a distrust of the things that have happened, it just helps us build differently. It helps us build stronger. Mm -hmm. So I feel like with tarot, with pendulums, like there's so many different things. I feel like at some point, and it was very instrumental at a certain part, and I still love reading tarot. Um, and I pull out cards pretty frequently, but now it's, it is more of an affirmation to me than it is like a deciding factor. It's more like I already know, and it's just kind of 
a reiterating and a reaffirming. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I like it because it offers what sometimes I'm not able to get from my environment, which is that affirmation, which I feel like in working with clients and people, it's what a lot of people just lack is that people around them that are going to be like, yeah, you're right on, like just keep doing doing it that way, especially when people around you can't make sense of what you're doing. Mm-hmm. can't make sense of it because that's not how they would do it and it's like you should feel this way and it's like well I don't feel that way yeah, yeah, <laughs> I yeah. feel this way you know you said something very important um, how do you transition or how do you get to a place that you see your life experiences as blessings and be grateful for them instead of being mad why why me like you know because that happened that's happened to me and I'm sure that's happened to so many people that we are just blaming, we're in this victimhood, we are just like, it's not fair, I didn't deserve this. And then shifting to a place of like, oh, I'm grateful, I needed that life situation to my for my soul to evolve, you know? So how do you transition or get to that place? Or how did you do it oh, for yourself? <laughs> I it, It's taken a lot for me, but also just really learning the lessons and understanding that there are, and I'm sorry, it got a little loud in my environment. Um, I feel like for me, it's when you when you do the work, right? When you take the classes, when you work with other beings, when you get coaching, you keep hearing a lot of the message in regards to gratitude, right? Let's talk about gratitude. A lot of things come down to like how to feel the better feeling thought, right? How to do, how to get to a place where you feel where you feel good and one of the quickest ways to do that is with gratitude so when you start really applying that in a deeper level then you start really i i started really applying that to the things that are those extreme things where it's like how do i find the gratitude well i look at it like how did i grow how did i learn from this last experience and this separation and this um the incident that happened with my ex I have become myself again, right? So, I mean, maybe it would have happened a different way, but that's the way that it happened. And I can't go back and change it, but I can go back and give it some gratitude because now I'm who I am, right? And so it built me up. I feel like you have to, sometimes in real life, it takes some time to recognize that it takes some time to separate yourself enough from the incident because at first you're in the thick of it the important thing is to really push through those feelings at the time and and at some point definitely look for the lessons and when you find the lessons you find the gratitude for that lesson because what else is there if you're if you're choosing to live your life from an empowered place then you have to take accountability for your experiences. And that does mean that extreme form of, yes, gratitude. Instead of, I'm angry still, because what's that anger doing but just causing more disruption in your life? Like, what you focus on is what's gonna grow. It's universal law. So we have to find the gratitude. And I feel like I have been able to, so so extreme that a couple of days ago, I was telling, um, aside my friend, I've been struggling with allergies. And last year, at some point, I was struggling with allergies and I healed myself from the allergies by doing a lot of spiritual work and getting a lot of the the resolve for them. 
So this year I was struggling again and I decided I'm going to heal myself from these allergies. And at one point I heard a message of gratitude and I was like, okay, how can I find the gratitude for my allergies, right? And I'm like, <laughs> and this is literally what I started thinking. And like every time that I was sneezing, that I was, I was just, I would say thank you. And I would think about how my DNA might need to be spread out through different places. And that's why every time that mucus comes out of my nose and goes on that tissue, that's my DNA and I'm spreading pollen. And this is just how, this is just how my body is interacting with mother earth, right? And I have to just be grateful for being used as a vehicle because that's what I'm being when pollen is being ingested in my system and I am expelling it in however form. And I really focused on that for a few days and I started doing some little minor minor uh, modifications and I have not been struggling with allergies since. Like I have been completely shifted out of that and I feel so great. And I'm just like, see, I feel like if you find the gratitude for even the things that are so annoying, right? They, they, the allergies cause me to pause. They cause me to take a moment. They cause me to take care of myself a little bit more, right? All the different things that we can find and even the small things to be grateful for. Mm -hmm. Wow, that's amazing. I find that, I agree with everything that you said. And um, I find that for me to get to gratitude, I had to do a lot of anger release work. I had a lot of anger in me, a lot of rage, a lot of hate in me. And it would be projected as this bitch, resting bitch face. I was not nice. I was mean. And I own up to that now because I would always be like, no, I'm not a bitch. And I'm like, no, yeah, I'm a bitch. <laughs> you know, and it was just like, yes, and it was and it was the resentment that I was too much in my codependency and my good girl syndrome that I wouldn't allow the fire to show through in constructive ways. It was all destructive. It was all destructive. And it was just like this. I didn't know how to channel it properly. So I had a lot of anger. And I do know that for me, right now that you mentioned the allergies, I also struggle with allergies. And for me, everything that happens to us as far as our health can be rooted back to an energetic misalignment or something. So I yes. do know with the allergies for me, it was more like there was something that needed to be released from my body that my body was not taking. And it was my previous living situation. And when I left that, I haven't really had allergies unless I go outside like twice. But I have not had allergies, but because I've also done the emotional work and the energetic work. But for me to get into the gratitude, there was a lot of anger release, a lot of screaming, a lot of temper tantrum techniques, a lot of a lot of rage. It needed to leave. And where I was getting at with um, and, um, what happened to me is that I started having a lot of womb health issues, a lot of um, things with my menstrual cycle, endometriosis, fibroids. That was for me the biggest one that I knew that I had so much anger in me that needed to be released. I had, a, I started having jaw problems and I'm like, oh my God, like what is going on? Like I was so angry. I was just a walking ball of anger, <laughs> you know? And I was just like build it and not say anything, just be quiet, be invisible, but I had all this anger that I started having pain in my muscles and my, in my arms and my legs. And it was just this pain that I wouldn't go away and I'm like I went to doctors no diagnosis and nothing they would just give me nar narcotics for the pain and I'm like no there's got to be a better way so when I started diving into this energetic work and really shifting my emotions paying attention to them releasing 
everything like things shifted my periods are better i'm not that angry <laughs> i still have anger i still have things but now it's like no anger is healthy like it's okay to release it in constructive ways it's okay to channel it into fire into my business into doing something for myself into working out so it's just being that and i'm like grateful for all my situations but to get to that i had to go through a lot of anger release work for me for me so yeah i was going to ask you one last question because we're almost wrapping up you're navigating through so much right now you're navigating through your divorce your separation you're a mom, you're navigating through this new partnership you're in, and you're also a business person, an entrepreneur. How are you doing it all together? <laughs> Honestly, I feel like it is a lot. Mm-hmm. So for me, a lot of energy work, yeah. a lot of really grounding myself, really taking care of myself is key for everything. Um, I've learned that lesson, I feel like, the hard way. Also, side note, so everything that you said, we have so many similarities on our trajectories because I also had to do some wound healing, um, which was the start. I always say my wound, like my miscarriages have been my, Mm -hmm. my, my explosion, my inner explosion of why I've needed to get up my path. Yeah. But the biggest thing for me and how I do it, what I do is definitely the self-care and the grounding and the prioritizing myself and knowing that I'm here to give from my overflow and not to drain my cup because that's what I used to do. I used to be so exhausted all the time, like so tired, strung out and still pushing, still pushing. And I don't anymore. Like I have to honor myself, my temple, my body, my time and really prioritize doing the things for me on a daily basis. And I know like there's a lot of people that have like said that I'm like every day I need to do something for myself every day. <laughs> like me too. Every day. Me too. <laughs> I wake up and I go to the gym first thing in the morning. Like that's that's it's a lifestyle for me now. It doesn't feel like I have to do it. No, it's like, oh, I want to do it because I like taking care of my body, my mind, my soul. I come, I do my my rituals depending what I need that day or what I'm feeling pulled to yes. do. And it's always that. It's like I cannot see myself not do this anymore, like not take care of myself. And some days when I feel myself resentful, I'm like, oh, I'm not taking care of myself. And I go and do my self-reiki. I go and do my meditation, whatever I need, you know. But it's so important. It's so important because that's how we are. It's like seeing us, honoring us, and knowing what we need. Because if we don't do that, then we're just not going to get that from anyone else, you know. Because they can try doing it, but we're we're not going to have the same receptivity to it. Exactly. Wow, that's amazing. So I'm so happy that you came here on my podcast to share your story. I'm so happy about your new partnership. You look so happy. And I do love your love letters because when I was reading them, I'm like, oh, it's like she's talking to her little girl, like her inner child or a past version of you, which is an inner child, you know. So I really resonated with that. I was like, that is a beautiful, beautiful tool or practice to do. So I really hope you keep doing it because I love it. I love reading it. And it's just I like that you're so open and vulnerable, empathic. And I'm like, I would never I would have never imagined you have all this fire in you. (laughs) <laughs> but like you said, you have done the work 
to minimize the shadow parts of the fire signs, you know? And now it's like we're more calm and it's just like getting into that feminine energy, like leaning back and trusting and just like, yeah. you know, because we don't need to be lashing out at everyone, you know? <laughs> and that is something that it's, it's still, I'm still navigating through that because sometimes I find myself like when I want to communicate, I struggle with communication because um, that was never taught to me growing up. Mm -hmm. It was always like, we, we didn't talk about anything. We didn't talk about things in my house. And my parents' form of communication would be writing in an envelope, whatever they wanted to say to me, letters or anything, they would never speak to me directly. So for me, it was like, I would always avoid that those type of conversations. And now it's like, oh, now I'm forced to have them because it's what my soul requires. And it's like, how do I navigate through this and communicate what I'm feeling without hurting the other person or without the other person being defensive so it's just like been this like really beautiful journey lately that i'm going through but um yes i hope the divorce is over soon for you for me <laughs> yes <laughs> it's i feel like it's this it's allowing us to rebirth this new version of us the version of us that is more self-honoring more compassionate more kind it's like a whole different type of feminine energy going on right now and that's what attracted me to invite you to this podcast so one like Thanks. one last question i have is like what is your truth the real you that you want my audience to know like who are you underneath all the conditioning programming belief system what is your essence who who is the real you i feel like i am a love being I feel like I am just full. Like if there's one thing that I'm full of is love, honestly, like, and I have been, I'm here to show that. I'm here to grow that. I'm here to give my message. I'm here to show people that it's possible to live a life based on love, based on love instead of giving into fear. So yeah. I would say that. <laughs> That's beautiful. And the last question is, how do you want people to connect with you? Where can they find you and learn more about your work, your offerings? Yeah, so I'm on Facebook. I also am on Instagram. I do lives regularly on Instagram, more than Facebook. Um, my, my Instagram is Claudia underscore is amor. Well, Claudia underscore is mm -hmm. underscore Amor. Um, I also have Amor Personify, which is where I do readings, Reiki and uh, Akashic Records. And I also go live weekly there and do a tarot reading for the collective. So those are ways to connect with okay. me. Okay, awesome. Everything is going to be included in the show notes. So it's okay if people didn't get it. Um, the links <laughs> oh, are going to yeah. be, yeah, the links are going to be in the show notes. Well, thank you. Thank you so much. I'm so happy that you were able to share your medicine, your wisdom and your experience with us. And I look forward to staying connected with you. Yeah, me too. Thank you so much. This was so much fun and needed, I feel like, at this time. So sending you so much love. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Bye.
Thank you so much for being part of this conversation for Feminine Truth Podcast. This podcast is for you, for me, for us, for the Feminine Collective. Thank you so much for spending your time and energy with us. Share on Instagram and Facebook stories what resonated with you. And if you're listening to this and for anyone to get a hold of this podcast at Feminine Truth Podcast, and if you feel called to, Leave us a review, let us know your thoughts, let, an, let us know how this has felt for you listening to the podcast. And the episodes are going to be every Tuesday, so I cannot wait to see you next time. Sending so much love.